Welcome to A Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download the free Living Truth app. Now here's part five of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 38 called The Lord Answers Job. How long does it take for the world to panic? If the book of Revelation is fulfilled in some of our lifetimes, and let's just say some of the plagues that you've read about in the book of Revelation happen, how proud do you think, how quick is it gonna be for man to, to run into a hole somewhere? We think we got it together until a little thing happens or a, a minor thing or a fairly major thing, and all of a sudden we see what happens to humanity, right? We ain't that solid, folks. There's a bunch of people in panic mode big time. And so the question becomes, to whom do we look? To whom or on whom do we rely? Now, this same God who makes the hail and the snow and can use it for negative purposes is the same God who brings the rain 26 to satisfy uh, parched places, places that we might not even, even think about. Notice in 26, he brings rain on a land without people, on a desert without a man in it. Perhaps the underlying question is, if you were running the universe, Job, would you? Would you bring rain on a place when there, where there was no people? Would you even care? Would you even bother to pay attention to it? Would you bring rain on a parched ground to cause seeds of grass to grow when nobody even cared about that region of the world? But God says, I care because I made every inch of the earth and I take care of every inch of the world. And Job, you live in your little world. It's your house and your farm and your servants and your children. And it's understandable. We all got our world, right? And, you know, your world could be this big or it could be a little bigger or whatever your turf may look like. But how big is your world? How big do you think? I'll tell you what. The things that really bother me, humanly speaking, are the things that bother me. Everybody with me? Sometimes if I hear news elsewhere in the world, I'll go, oh, that's too bad. Oh, that's terrible. I get prayer requests, and no doubt, I pray with as much fervency as I can muster. But when it come on my land, in my farm, near my house, oh, it's a different situation. Can I get a witness? And God's saying to Job, wait a minute. How big is your thinking? You're questioning how I run the universe, Job? Hey, would you bring rain on a parched ground where nobody lived? Because you know I do. I take care of areas of the world and problems and situations that you don't even fathom. They're not even in, in your mind to think about because they don't affect your world, Job. And God is not calling Job a bad guy. He's proud of Job. He loves him. He boasted about him. But God says, I give life-giving rain. I can use the rain and the ice in warfare, and I can use it to bring life. I can create a channel. One writer says here in verse 26, the, the uh, 25, the channel is poetic language for the way rain travels or the path the rain takes from the heavenly storehouses down to the ground. This channel is cleft, indicating deliberate action by God. It does not happen by chance. It is associated with a thunderbolt, and we are to picture here a massive rainstorm. 
This is what God does. God set up the world to allow water to water even parched areas, even land that you may own or care about or you're trying to uh, have things grow. There are areas of the world, I have to be honest, that are barren, where nobody lives, or I don't think about, where I never even give a second thought to. But God brings growth to it. In Matthew 5, Jesus, preaching the Sermon on the Mount, said, You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In order that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even tax gatherers do the same. If you greet your brothers only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you are, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, Matthew 5, 43 through 48. Jesus uses the image of sun and rain to speak of God's love towards ungrateful people. He walks the idea out to say to us, do you care about people and pray for people who persecute you? Do you love people who don't love you? Do you greet people who don't greet you? See, this is, this is something that we step back with the rhetorical questioning and we begin to ask the question, look what God does. Look what he does every day for so many people, including the very breath in our lungs. And I wrote in my notes, do we have another hint here in the question as to why God has allowed the trial and will ultimately bring the healing rain into Job's life? And I think the key word is growth. The words in verse 27 are satisfy, waste and desolate places, and sprout. And when trials come, they cause me to grow. I've said to you many times from this pulpit, I'm not saying I like it. <laughs> I'm not saying that when I quote James chapter 1, verse 2, consider it all joy. <laughs> My brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, it produces, and it has its perfect result, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Praise the Lord. I'm going through a trial. Praise the Lord. I'm going to grow, grow, grow. No? Is it true, though? And so God brings the difficult Seasons where it's the hard ground, the, the icy times, if you will. And then he brings the same element to cause growth. Take a look, Isaiah 55. It's a little bit to your right, okay? You're gonna pass up um, Psalms and Proverbs. Go a little bit further. Go to Isaiah 55. And let's take a look here at verse six. Isaiah 55, six says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. 55, 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. 55, 7 of Isaiah. Let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts, 5510. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven 
and do not re return there without watering the earth and making it barren sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire, without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, the cypress will come up. Instead of the nettle, the myrtle will come up. And it will be a memorial to the Lord for an everlasting sign which will not be cut off. Let's go back to the book of Job. Someone told me long ago, says Credence Clearwater Revival, there's a calm before the storm. I know it's been coming for some time. When it's over, so they say, it'll rain a sunny day. I know, shining down like water. I want to know. Have you ever seen the rain? Isn't it a good question? Have you ever seen beneath something that you see? Have you ever paused to look a little bit deeper at what you take for granted? Have you ever drank a glass of water and just went, hmm, H2O is a pretty interesting thing. Ever dove in a pool or considered uh, an ocean or a river, a snow-capped mountain where waters come rushing down to feed a stream? Ever just marveled at God's creation? Ever just said, Lord, how'd you think of that? Water's so cool. But you know what? For the most part, we don't do that. My family and I went on a trip. We visited my youngest son who had a couple of performances. He attend school in Arizona, and we were staying at a one-and-a-half-star hotel. <laughs> Just kidding. It was a little bit better than that. Uh, but there was a guy working at the hotel, and he said something like, how are you doing today? And I said, I'm do doing good. How are you doing? He goes, I'm doing great. And he goes, you know what? Most people aren't even grateful to be alive. They're not even grateful for the day that they've been given. He started preaching to me. I'm like, preach it, brother. Preach it. See, we get so caught up on what we think we deserve, we don't even understand when God sends the rain on our parched lives. When the grass grows up and we go, oh, that's what should happen. That's what should happen. Should it? Does he owe us that? And yet he is so good and so gracious. It says in Job 28, if you flip back there for a second, speaking of wisdom, God understands its way. Job 28, look at verse 23. <clears throat> Talk about wisdom. He knows its place, for he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. Job 28, 25. When he imparted weight to the wind and meted out the waters by measure, when he set a limit for the rain and a course for the thunderbolt, then he saw it and declared it. He established it and also searched it out. And to man he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, Job 28, 28, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. Back uh, over to Job 29, 19. Job compared his former life and wisdom to rain. He said in Job 29, 19, I am like a tree whose roots reach the water, whose branches are refreshed with the dew, reading from the New Living. <laughs> 
New honors are constantly bestowed on me and my strength is continually renewed. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael Lance and the Walk in Truth team would like to invite you to our next 633 event, One Nation Under God, How America's Christian Heritage Shaped Our Country, with guest Lenny Esposito, president of Come Reason Ministries. At this free event, we will explore how Christianity played an essential role in shaping this country and how the current push toward a post-Christian culture will mean a fundamentally different America. One Nation Under God will be on July 11th at 6.33 p.m. at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. Or you can watch online on our YouTube channel. Learn more about 633's One Nation Under God when you visit walkintruth.com and click on events or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. When he set a limit for the rain and a course for the thunderbolt, Then he saw it and declared it. He established it and also searched it out. And to man, he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, Job 28, 28, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Back uh, over to Job 29, 19. Job compared his former life and wisdom to rain. He said in Job 29, 19, I am like a tree whose roots reach the water, whose branches are refreshed with the dew, reading from the New Living. New honors are constantly bestowed on me and my strength is continually renewed, 2921. Everyone listened to my advice. They were silent as as they waited for me to speak. After I spoke, they had nothing to add for my counsel satisfied them. They longed for me to speak as people long for rain. They drank my words like a refreshing spring rain. When they were discouraged, I smiled at them. My look look of approval was precious to them. And then over to 3626, 3626, Elihu, who's the last of the uh, friends who speaks to Job, says these words, 3626, he says, look, New Living Translation, God is greater than we can understand. His years cannot be counted. And then 27 and following in the New American Standard. He draws up the drops of water. They distill rain from the mist, which the clouds pour down. The rain pours down from the clouds, new living. They drip upon man abundantly, new living. Everyone benefits. Can anyone understand the spreading of the clouds, the thundering of his pavilion? Behold, he spreads his lightning about him. He covers the depths of the sea. For by these he judges peoples. He gives food in abundance. He covers his hands with the lightning and commands it to strike the mark. Its noise declares his presence, the cattle also concerning what is coming up. 37.1. At this also my heart trembles and leaps from its place. Listen closely to the thunder of his voice and the rumbling that goes out from his mouth. Under the whole heaven he lets it loose and his lightning to the ends of the earth. After it, a voice roars. He thunders with his majestic voice. 
and he does not restrain the lightnings when his voice is heard. God thunders with his voice wondrously, doing great things which can, we cannot comprehend. For to the snow, he says, fall on the earth. And to the downpour and the rain, be strong. He seals the hand of every man that all men may know his work. The early and uh, latter rains cover it with blessings. Psalm 84, 7. Psalm 147, verse 8 says, He provides rain for the earth, makes grass to grow on the mountains. He gives to the beasts its food and to the young ravens which cry. He creates a channel for the rain. Michael W. Smith some years ago sang, let it rain, let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Remember that song? And it was just a cry. Let it rain. Let your blessings come down, O Lord. See, in God's sovereignty, he can bless with the power of a flood, the power of ice and snow, or he can bless with the rain that satisfies the soul. There's an invitation to come to Jesus, and here's what it says. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Behold, I freely give the living water, thirsty one, stoop down and drink and live. I came to Jesus and I drank of that life-giving stream. My thirst was quenched, my soul revived, and now I live in him. Let it rain. Jesus came to the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well, and he said to her, if you knew who it was who was asking you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living waters. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. Man, life, when it gets parched and dry, when the question marks come, when people panic and there's difficulty and they inevitably come, what does it do? We say, Lord, let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Many of you when you first became a Christian, it's because you were in a tight spot. You were in a dry place. You were in a confusing time. And God brought the rain into your life. Would you take care of them if you had the resources to do so, the desert and the uninhabited places? Well, God says in verse 28, back in Job 38, he says to Job, has the rain a father? Or who has begotten the drops of dew? Notice the intimate imagery of parenting. Does the rain have a father? Who begets or begot, has begotten the drops of dew? 29, from whose womb has come the ice and the frost of heaven? Who has given it birth? Water becomes hard like stone and the surface of the deep is imprisoned. A few months back, we watched the movie Togo, it's about an Alaskan sled dog um, that was a pain to its owner. How many of you saw the movie Togo? You should watch this movie. If you're a dog person, you've got to watch this movie. So the dog was a rebel, and he was constantly being kind of locked into places, and he would always break out and find his owner and find the sled, and he wanted to run, and finally he became the lead dog for this Alaskan dog sled, and this dog was unstoppable. It would just keep going and pulling the sled. And in the story, actual, actually based on a true story, the town needs medicine for kids that have this illness. And the weather's so bad 
that they can't fly a plane and they can't do anything. I think it's in the early 1900s. And so this dog sled, uh, this guy that won all these races, he takes his dogs in, on really an impossible journey to try to get this medicine to these kids before they perish. And it's all about this journey led by this, this lead dog. And one incredible scene is to kind of cut the time short, he crosses an ocean. And the ocean has been frozen over, but it's starting to break up. And there's some harrowing moments in the film where the sled has to make it over the cracked um, uh, ice as, the, as it's opening up. It's just like a, it's an incredibly powerful scene. And this is the power that's behind some of this language, the power of water. Water is a miracle. God is the father of it. He has begotten it. It comes from his womb using poetic imagery of parenting. That's the frost of heaven. He gives it birth. Water becomes hard like a stone. It's because he designed it to be so. The surface of the deep, incredibly even oceans become imprisoned by ice. You've been listening to The Lord Answers Job, part five on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 38. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, just a reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your donation helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also part of how we're able to offer our 633 apologetic events for free as well. There's a lot going on behind the scenes to help create this radio podcast program too. So we're very grateful to our financial partners and our prayer partners. Seriously, thank you very much. Now, if you're a longtime listener of Walk in Truth, would you please consider becoming a monthly partner of $5 a month? Every bit helps, so please pray about it and then visit walkintruth.com to donate. If you can't give right now, would you please consider becoming a prayer partner? You can sign up for that and just keep this ministry in your prayers. But if you can give a donation, please visit walkintruth.com today. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, I think we can see in the book of Job that God is ultimately in control even of Satan. And he's allowed a certain amount of things, obviously, to to impact Job's life in a negative way. But ultimately, God is in control of everything, including Satan. And this begs a question. Maybe it's a question for you. Does that mean that everything just moves on a chessboard by God's design? Everything is predetermined? And I would argue no. And here's what I mean by that. That God knows everything, but I don't think he's pulling a string on everything. I I don't hold to determinism. I believe that God's given you legitimate free will. And even though he knows what will happen because he's omniscient, he can't learn anything, it doesn't mean that he is pulling the string or moving you as a pawn on a chessboard. But I think when he wants to move us, he does. And just like Jonah, when he ran from God, you know, there's times in our life, if we're going to defy God, he can do whatever he wants to do to move us back where we belong. But there's other times that he gives us over to our own inclinations. And brethren, that would be, he allows us God gave them over, Romans 1, 18 through 32. He allows us to live with the consequences of our behavior. And therefore, even though he knows what's going to happen, this is mind-bending. 
he let us go our way. And of course, you know, you can see this in the prodigal son where the father lets him go. And, you know, the father has a good idea what's going to happen with a bag full of money, a young man going off to, uh, you know, the bright lights of the city. But he seeks to save the lost and waits for that son to come home. And when he comes home, he's so happy. The boy has come to his senses, largely because the father let him go to his own devices. I think this is at least some pieces of the puzzle that you can begin to think through as you deal with God's sovereignty and man's free will. Well, we're tackling the book of Job. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. And we're dealing with some profound things like the problem of evil and the power of the gospel. And I know so many of you out there, you've embraced the power of the gospel. It's such good news, isn't it? In a world broken, lost, things moving at breakneck speeds of things getting away from biblical truth and God. And yet at the same time, we know God's on the throne. Don't fret, my brother, my sister. He's going to wrap up the story in his way, in his time. Therefore, we can be at peace. Well, tomorrow we're going to deal with the Lord answers Job as we take another piece of this puzzle. We'll be here, Lord willing. We pray that you'll be here too. God bless you. We'll see you then. And don't forget, we've skipped over some of Pastor Michael's teachings in the book of Job, but you can listen or watch those teachings when you download our free Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars. And join us tomorrow on this station for part six of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 38 called The Lord Answers Job. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.